This episode is brought to you by the generous donations of Matt Lewis, Daryl Delaney, Darren Katzka, Ryan Royce, Jessica Smith, Laura Pickren, Irene Viarito, Nico Batson, John Carey, the Cam family, and Charles Compton, as well as many others. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play 5th edition D&D podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Philip. I'm Eric. And today we are doing Eberron Reviewed. We're going to uh, look over the happenings and events of the last six episodes, uh, the Raven's Toll arc, and man, some things happened. So. Didn't they just? <laughs> uh, and then uh, we do have some questions from uh, those patrons who are at the Ask Us a Question level, and we're going to get to those as well. Um, so let's just jump in. Episode one, narrative heavy, not action heavy. Mm-hmm. Um Good conversations uh, that needed to happen, especially according to people on the Discord. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, it began with a a burial of sorts, a a funeral mm-hmm. for uh, Dex's brother. Um, nothing particularly noteworthy. Crass showing up was nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. A nice touch uh, that Eric put in there. Um, but other than that. Um, Although I do think there were two different uh, ideas going on between what Dex was asking for and what Barrick was actually doing, you know, Barrick was more addressing the Raven Queen. Mm-hmm. You know, the actual here's where this is actually heading. Yeah. Uh, whereas Dex was a little more <laughs> fantastical about it, really, just mm-hmm. hoping something would happen. Um, Randy is not with us this morning to discuss to discuss this. Uh, uh, he, there were some really good booyah moments in these episodes. Yeah, they yeah. really were. Uh, that he won't get to speak to, which is unfortunate. Maybe we can get him to uh, answer some questions on the Facebook group in a text format, so you guys can get some more information. Because I can't speak to the the booyah things. You know, they're really nice. And this was, I think, in that second episode actually, but of him taking out the hunter's patch mm-hmm. and putting it on his leathers and like really good symbolic stuff. But, uh, um. But Dex and Barrick had the conversation that everybody had been wanting him to, wanting them to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, In that sort of stereotypical, let's not really talk about our oh, feelings way. Very bro-y yeah. Yeah. sort of way. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't think Dex is a feelings guy. I don't know that Barrick is in most cases either. I don't think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> If Beric's life had taken a different course, he would probably have been a really melancholy turtleneck wearing poet kind of character. <laughs> yeah, I think with with Dex, it's even though you know Beric and and now Booyah. I mean, they've been together certainly long enough. Are the closest things he has in his life. He still isn't letting. Doesn't want to admit he's letting anybody too close. Right. Uh, he's very much like if he was going to take an honest assessment of himself. He's he's just a big old softy for those two guys, but he's not going to admit it out loud. At least not yet. <laughs> At least not sober. Uh, <laughs> um, 
That probably would have helped the conversation if we had gotten them drunk. Well, you know, I don't know where Barrett goes when he drinks uh, anymore. Barrett hasn't been drinking mm-hmm. on, uh, since, since. No, I mean emotionally, oh. not physically. Where Barrett hides. <laughs> no, that's that's true. No, where that conversation really. Um, but the crux of it was, you know, the, the the important thing to Dex to find out, and he found out more important things as far as what for the future, but was just finding out if Barrick was upset that he was brought back. Mm-hmm. Uh, both if he was personally upset with Dex and then just in a larger sense, did did you go someplace that you're upset you're not there anymore? Right. And I think Dex was satisfied by the end that he did the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that makes sense. Um, Barrick's frustration and uh melancholy is a lot more on a a realization of what he's what he's lost and what he's cut off from rather than a i wish i were dead sort of thing right and i guess yeah i, I wish i were dead sounds so different to our ears than it mm-hmm. would to barrick because like he knows where death would take him right so uh but yeah um so what else Barrick had a conversation with the Raven Queen in that episode. Yes, and found out the name of the ne- of the next uh, packed wielder that he could try to find, um, Arsul Dithern. Uh, we had a question about whether that was a deliberate name choice or it just just happened. It just happened. Um, <laughs> things things happen. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it's in the Xanathar's like list. I I didn't roll randomly for it, but I saw it. Because it started with A, so it was early in the list. I was trying to find a name on the fly and was like, Arsul, okay. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, the episode that had some quality issues and had some chops and, and messes up, I thought that was the episode where I very innocently said we're going to Arsul's backyard. <laughs> I did not think about it when I said it. <laughs> and and when that episode, I was like, oh man, I think that was the episode that got cut. Oh, that stinks because that was No, it was in so there. Stupid. But it was the next episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because that really was just purely. I mean, that's where we went. We landed close to his house. <laughs> I mean, if you have, if you have never, if you have ever run an RPG, then you know that it does not matter what the name is. If you select a name, you, no matter how carefully you thought about it, um, how much time you put into deciding, okay, what is this name? Maybe what does even this name mean? Why does this character have this name? Your players will immediately give him an insulting nickname. Yep. Yeah, and 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 if it weren't for radio, it would typically be rounded off to the nearest obscenity um, <laughs> for for Jeff. Uh, <clears throat> um, or or <laughs> definitely forget whatever name. You may have crafted a very important name, mm-hmm. and at least one player who's currently talking will absolutely not remember it. <laughs> Um, and that was Irene that asked about the Arsol yeah. name. Yes. So no, Irene, no. Dethard. Arsol Dethard. Um Luckily, he had two names, so we could just refer to him by his last name and not giggle. Right. <laughs> Once we figured out how to say it. Um, anything else from the first episode? Did the episode end with the approaching ship? Well, we had, uh, you had your... Um, training montage oh yeah we both did those yeah yeah Yeah, which man i wish i did not know it was gonna be a thing i thought it was gonna be something i said and we moved on but when it became a thing we played out i was like i don't have 
any idea of what to do for these. And I came up with a better one and redeemed myself later in the episode. Yeah. But man, <laughs> it did not go great. Yeah. Um, I don't think well on the fly. I don't know why I'm doing a, <laughs> an, an improvisational storytelling podcast. <laughs> uh, it's really not my wheelhouse. Um, yeah. And you had yours, uh, your moments with Oriana as well. Mm-hmm. I think that was the end of the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the ship approaching was it, that this is. episode. And then everything that was going so well went so very wrong. Well, you know what? That's not quite true. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But, <laughs> but before that, uh, we did have the murder board. Yes, we had the murder board scene. meeting, and that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. um, to get to make use of the, the, the murder board that Beric has crafted. Which is gone now. Which is now gone. It's, it's destroyed. <laughs> um, Alas. But yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the, the crux of that scene was simply everyone synthesizing the knowledge that they had mm-hmm. and, and creating a group idea, basically. Um, <clears throat> between what what Beric honestly it was the first time that everybody sat down and Beric and Dex were able to share their knowledge from growing up about two different worlds and how they're colliding now yeah, yeah. and how bad that could be mm-hmm. I mean honestly um, and and we decided since we were going no that's later that we decided to go yeah so um, so a boat a boat a boat a boat comes and a boat innocently comes down the shoreline. Yeah. Innocently rocketing towards us. Mm-hmm. And man, so episode two, just everything went wrong. Just some things happen. I mean, y'all need to roll better. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. You need to roll better. Two twenties giving you something else to fight. <laughs> so it turns out that Vinay Delirander really liked this boat. And really wanted it back and um, brought some dudes to help get it back. And uh, everybody died. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> Inc- I mean, eventually, including Vinay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, no. So uh, at one point, uh, Randy and I both rolled 20s and decided to combine our powers um, to make their. I mean, basically, we disabled their ship mm-hmm. um, by letting their fire mental, elemental break free. The cost of that being it is not necessarily concerned with who it's fighting so much as that it's fighting. So once it took out their ship, it jumped onto ours and we had a fire elemental to deal with. Um, And then who rolled the natural one? I don't remember. Who didn't? I mean, everybody (laughs) did. Right. But I don't remember whose natural one summoned the dragon. I think it was mine. I think I rolled a natural one, which brought a dragon, the first dragon. Mm Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to fight it. Didn't have to fight it. Like it didn't. It didn't actually interact with us at all. It no. Just, and at, at one point, you were like, "There's a dragon. You should hit it." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, it gets to punch first. Well, I'm just thinking. We got, we got, we got the, the captain. We got an elemental, and we got a dragon. We have three threats that are all sub- sufficient for our entire party in, individually. So mm-hmm. we might as well split up and." Try to do something about all of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, thinking about it, there was a dragon and an elemental, and it was the dude that cleaned our clocks in the end. That's true. Well, because Randy, Randy pulled off the the dis- the, the banishment. Yes, he was able to he was able the, to banish the elemental, and the dragon. Kevin honestly didn't seem concerned. Dragon turned out to be a burglar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and can you? I mean, obviously, you can't say who the dragon was, what it was working for, anything like that. 
but and we are skipping a lot to jump to this we'll get back to it um the fact that all the dragon did was tear a hole in the side of the boat and steal that black book was that were you planning on separating Philip from the book or Barrick from the book and that was a good way to do it? Or was that all just on the fly? It wasn't like high on my priority list. It wasn't something like I have to get this book out of Barrick's hands. Um, but when that rolled, when that one got rolled, it was just a moment of this is as good a time as any to have something come steal the book. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my answer. All right. <laughs> um, had you been looking to introduce a dragon soon? Um, I mean, it's Dungeons and Dragons. So, you yeah. know, it's always fun to throw those in in unconventional ways, I think, like as opposed to the dragon landing on the deck of your ship. And now all of a sudden it's a dragon fight, right. especially in Eberron with dragons having so much agency and planning and everything. Mm-hmm. Using them in different ways is a lot of fun to me. So, you know, when we talked about we made it this long without seeing a dragon in Dungeons and Dragons, but we were actually once in a dragon's dungeon. Yeah. So we don't like to speak of those. We episodes. don't want to talk. <laughs> you really want to talk about that and, now? And, and, and that fun, we're going to talk about fun was had by Eric. All. Just leave the room. Yeah. No, sorry. Let's, let's I'm done. <laughs> let's bring it back to lighter fare. So we all died. <laughs> um. Yeah. I feel a lot better about that episode. That, about, about yeah. The episode where Eric tried to kill us all. And no, I do about the, you know, I mean, the I, the feeling in this room, because honestly, basically, it, when 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 Barrick, because Barrick fell or was uh, thrown off, knocked off, yeah, first, and like the immediately the feeling in the room was just well, at least one of us is dying today. It, yeah, it was just sort of a what what can we do? I you know Barrick can't fly. Um, Barrick, you know we 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 thought okay. How far will I have fallen by the time it's my turn? Maybe I'm within range of one of my teleports, uh-huh. or I can grab some driftwood from the destroyed ship, or or but something. Thanks to Chris Perkins' Twitter account, we discovered. Yeah, you fall real fast, you fall really, really <laughs> much fast. like real life. <laughs> and you know, and that's just one of those <clears throat> one of those things, like just the nature of the game. It can't be. How can I say this? The sequ- you know, we take advantage of the of the fact that it's not a real life sequence of actions by mm-hmm. playing play in turns. So we have to be, uh, we have to be cuts, victim to yeah, yeah, cuts both ways. Yeah, the fact that there's a sequence of actions that that Dex, as soon as he started to fall off, couldn't make a reaction move to try to catch or yeah. something like just that's the way the game is. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know that that episode took forever to record. Like the, the the episode at well the episode after Barrick falls so the third episode mm-hmm. just took forever to record mm-hmm. because once we worked out be- between the episodes we'd worked out okay there's absolutely nothing Barrick can do about this mm-hmm. so we're falling that's just what's happening and so Barrick hits hits the water Barrick goes unconscious and at the same time you two are getting pummeled pummeled around um <clears throat> yeah and you know uh un- and you know I tr- staying true to what was actually happening dex couldn't say anything about barrack falling because dex didn't know barrack fell just he just knew barrack was gone mm-hmm. uh and that is not something surprising like <laughs> oh, oh he went invisible yeah, okay, ba- yeah. oh barrack's invisible now or barrack's 
melded through the floor down below deck. Like who knows what he can do, uh, or something. He 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 phased into the into the into the helm to say, "I'll drive the boat. You go be a god for a minute, Gerald." Um, so. So there was no reason to think he had fallen off the side of the boat. I guess if I had wanted to roll an investigation check, you would, and I did. How you may have let me see that? Because didn't he blast the, off a little? There portion? was stuff going on, though. Yeah, you well, could you could have made that check. That would have been your action. For yeah, your turn, right. Exactly. So, and yeah. I wouldn't have done that because I was busy fighting dudes yeah. um, poorly. Because I also got so yeah. Um, the episode took a while because I was reticent to make any decisions on the fly in regards to that. So yeah, for all the for all the crap we give Eric um, about trying to kill us or, you know, he was really unhappy about it. He was very hesitant to let Philip make death saving rolls, especially after the first one was a natural one. Yep. Like he did not want to let Philip make that last death saving roll. Um, And Philip basically forced his hands like, Nope, it's my turn. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah. And I, I just kind of hit a point once we had the moment of acknowledgement that, okay, Barrick is falling, going to hit the water, take an insane amount of damage. I was just kind of like, well, Vinay saw how well that ability worked, so let's just roll with it and knock the other two off as well and take my ship back. So, and so Barrick died. I mean, Barrick, yeah, yeah. Barrick, base is loaded. Barrick died. Everybody else managed to uh, stabilize. Yeah, and I was like, I kept asking, and I never, I, you never answered me. I kept asking. Did anybody see us fall off of this boat? Because it didn't seem like anybody but Vinay mm-hmm. saw yeah. us fall off the boat. There's no narrative reason except for Dave's XDM that people knew we were down there to go get us. I mean, eventually they'd look around for you, and well, you, you'd you'd think, yeah. But eventually, and, it, and you all were only two hundred feet up, I think. So you could we would have been see a visible. body in the water, yes, like we, like if somebody had thought to look, yeah. Because there was damage to the railing yeah. when people got mm-hmm. like... Eventually, someone was going to think to look. Right, but every 18 seconds, we're, we're getting one step closer to death, potentially. Right, but but <laughs> you, and, and we all made the full complement of saving throws. Yeah, I mean, you That's all true. had stabilized, and Barrick was a corpse. Yep. So it could have taken That's new. a day. So bef- as that was happening, Bar- or Eric introduced uh, another element to the battle oh the black freighter yeah just showing up yep just just cuz which i mean nice to know that he's alive sure i guess i never met him as your buddy but (laughs) as far as i know no one told barrick no i we you know dex literally doesn't know that barrick knows this dude no no one would lady omarin maybe be the only person that lady i mean omarin Cornell and crast all saw this happen and as far as i know they're keeping a secret from us right but but I'm saying just the idea that this, the, what's his name? Uh, Daedric. Daedric. Daedric Banner. Right. That Daedric is alive is not important to anybody except for Beric. And Omeron would probably, I assume Beric and Omeron would have had talks about his other training. Yeah. Yeah. So she's the one who is responsible for telling him because <laughs> she's the only one that knows. I don't know. These people treat us like we're the leaders of this, this gang. So mm-hmm. you'd expect, oh, by the way. This guy showed up and he gave us this mysterious piece of paper, but apparently I don't even recall a mysterious piece of paper. He definitely handed off a mysterious piece of paper. I believe that's right. I don't recall that, but, (laughs) but there's nothing I can do about it because Dex was was face down in the sea. Right. I was dead. You were very dead. (laughs) Um, 
why don't you two talk about uh i mean we're there now so we took a break yes because we needed to talk about dying (laughs) just death in general yeah the fleeting nature of life Mm. i mean basically what it came down to is the story that we have been telling is very tightly tied up in the pact So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, given the, the nature of the format and how long we've been going, I mean, this is the 67th episode, um, and we've had Barrick and Dex as consistent fixtures of this story. And I'm not saying that either of them have plot armor necessarily. Um, I mean, they kind of do. If... If one of you all did something monumentally stupid, like, yes, I'm going to jump off this hundred foot cliff to dive tackle a guy. Okay. Well, you're going to take a lot of damage and probably die. Um, But I I am just reluctant to throw out the story because that, I mean, a lot of aspects of the story and how far we've gotten here kind of are contingent on Barrick and Dex being a part of the story, um, specifically with the pact and the reedring connection. Um, so Philip and I went to talk about, well, Philip actually handed me a piece of paper with three <laughs> options um, <laughs> while we were recording. And that's not the first time Philip's done that. And I've just been like, what? I want to know. <laughs> I need to know. Um, <clears throat> but then we went outside to talk and figure out where where to take it because unlike the there there was a quote-unquote cost to the resurrection last time with Barrick in the form of his dad um but we wanted it to be a bit more Barrick central this time around i think it's fair to say yeah <clears throat> so that's where we talk through the revenant because of the link to the raven um so yeah so revenants as presented in 5e unearthed arcana are kind of half done i really expected it to be something that was going to appear in a published material and maybe it will eventually but um but it's kind of just you you get some stats with for the revenant as a sub race and a little bit of lore but the lore is presented very like the revenant as a monster which is you died unjustly and your spirit is restless. And so you've come back until uh, you've achieved vengeance. It's like a ghost backstory. Like I think much more ghost than revenant with that type of description. But in fourth edition, there was this idea that sometimes when a hero died, when a powerful soul, basically the Raven queen sits in the shadow fell and she watches the river of souls pass by. And when she notices an interesting one, Sometimes she nabs it. And so the idea of the Revenant in 4th edition, which was its own whole race instead of a sub-race, was the Raven Queen plucks you from the River of Souls and says, I have an offer. Let's make a deal. Um, How would you like to go back? On terms. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we went with. And... um yeah, I think I think it serves the story well. You know, I mean, I think there was definitely a cost to it this time. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Um, well, but also it's it. I I think that it wasn't 
you know, it, like you said, when she sees an interesting soul, she plucks it. This was very much a backstory mm-hmm. you already have with the Raven Queen, sev- spanning several conversations. Yeah. You know, you are as close as there is to a, I mean, I don't know how to say it. Uh, I mean, you are, have been taking Paladin, right? No, not Paladin. Pardon me. You've been taking uh, the Kinsei, mm-hmm. the monk thing. And I, I, I conflate monk with a religious thing. And Well, the Kinsei levels that Beric has are more a reflection of his time studying with Banar sure. than they are of the Raven Queen. Uh, but yes, the... Well, we got to we got to discover that Raven Queen has an ulterior motive. That she is less altruistic in the way, reasons that she's helping Beric than she seemed right. uh, the first time. First time it seemed very benevolent, but we're getting a little more of the Raven Queen's uh, cold nature uh, in this. In that she she is obtaining power, and there there were some questions regarding that, which is probably a well, and check it out. and I will say because. This may be a question or it may not be, but I want to say it. Um, That's definitely, it's not a reveal on her part. It's very much an evolution because as, as she has grown in power, because I don't, the way that I was playing it is she didn't even know that this was going to happen. Once Beric started collecting the packs that her power should grow. Um, And that, it's not temptation, but that um, acknowledgement of responsibility of if this power comes to fruition, that she is going to, she has the potential to take on a much larger role in the world. And so she's taking that very seriously. So yeah, anyway, the, the question from, from Irene regarding that was, can Barrick tell how the Raven is growing in power with each pact gained? No, uh, no, he doesn't really have any detail he doesn't have a line into the Shadowfell to know exactly what that means for her. Um, but yeah, so she basically offers Beric, to, offers to send Beric back uh, to finish the job under the terms that at this point he is he is working for her. It's not just that what he's doing benefits her, or that she's also tied up in this pact. It is he is. He is an agent of hers at this point. And to represent that, we introduced an adjustment to the nature of Beric's pact boon, which Eric and I worked out. And if you're one of our patrons on the uh, DM spellbook uh, tier, you can check it out in that. But we altered Beric's pact to be, instead of the pact of the blade, it's now we're referring to it as the pact of the vessel. And it's... This is something that I have homebrewed and Eric has approved, so it's in playtesting, so it might shift around as we play. But essentially, Barrett can now allow Erebus to possess him uh, for a for a span of time. So that's kind of which we would see in actual practice. Yes, towards the end of this three more episodes. Um, so. Yeah, so the episode ends with Beric wakes up. Beric wakes up and looks a little different uh, than he used to. Yes, um, <clears throat> I mean substantially. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. More Beric looks more different than we have had the opportunity to see. Yeah, because Beric wears yeah. such full, such covering clothes and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, because 
the only thing I knew of was the eyes. Yeah, Beric's eyes have changed, but that's and and his skin is now cold to the touch. But that's mm. about that's about all we've had the opportunity to see. But there is more to it. Okay. Um, so we get to episode four of this arc, and we will address off the top of this. Um, we apologize for the audio, not audio quality, the general quality. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, not the story. Uh, episode sounded real bad, yeah. and we are sorry for that. We've been asked if we're going to re-record it. Um, we we aren't. Yeah. Um, we don't really know how we could do that. Um, I know it's a slog to listen to. You know, it was hard. I know the stuff that was missing, and it was still hard for me to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can make it through it, all of the major story points are still in there. Um, and uh, and we apologize. We, yeah, we're we really sad. We were really happy with the episode. Mm-hmm. It was such a good episode and such a nice to have a light note in what had been a fairly rough story for a yeah. while. But well, it just, you know, it happens. And I know um, I, know I talked about it with um, some of our patrons that are at the monthly hangout level. Uh, right after the episode came out, but I'll just go ahead and say uh, for everybody, uh, basically what had happened is while the episode was encoding from a WAV file to an MP3, because I don't want to force you all to download one gig files to listen to our episodes. <laughs> We're not um, worth it. <laughs> um, my my house lost power and something about being mid encoding or something, it just sent both the source and the final file through a blender. And so even going back to the original source file, there was it, it was done. So, um, so that's basically what happened and why it was not fixable. Um, I have learned my lesson and now edit copies of the source files instead of the actual files themselves. Um, but that's what happened. Uh, I do very much apologize because after I was done, editing and encoding everything or not encoding, but editing everything. The, the episode sounded fine. It was just in that encoding process that things took a bad turn. Um, but I was very happy with the episode also. And I mean, the, the biggest thing is with an episode like that. And the big reason why we can't re record it is because we, we have these ideas of conversations we want to happen. We have these ideas of what we want to talk about, but it's not scripted. Like we, we couldn't go back and just point for point, recreate what we had attempted to in that episode. So such is the nature of D and D. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk about what we, what we, what let's talk about that episode. Though. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the biggest things are Barrick deals with, saying hi to everybody i've been telling everyone that barrack's really not smooth and boy and uh this is the episode where we got to demonstrate it yeah yeah um but uh <clears throat> i mean it begins with dex and barrack right as barrack wakes up we pop right back in there um nothing noteworthy yeah i mean dex handles things takes takes things in stride <laughs> We get to discover Booyah's got a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, um, I think we've talked about it before early on, you know, for maybe even the first reviewed. Um, our, and you've noticed, I'm sure, listening, our weapons are leveling up with us um, because our weapons matter and 
eventually we uh, we'd outpower them or we'd right. find something cooler. And Eric wants for us to, I, you know, the ribbon weave needs to stay with Dex yeah. and planar justice needs to stay with Booyah. And obviously, oh well, the thing that's leveling up for Barrack is that amulet. the amulet. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, but as a consequence, every occasionally, not every time, but occasionally, Eric also makes us take a consequence with our leveling up. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice in a couple of episodes, not a couple of episodes. The last episode that was released before this one, um, I have to cut myself now to get one of the aspects of my weapon. Well, Booyahs. <laughs> now, if Booyah gets 10 feet away from that crossbow, dude can't see. Yep. <laughs> Randy did such a fun job fun, fun job of, of showing that because we wondered how are we going to introduce this because, of course, you know, when we're adventuring, we've all got our weapons. So yeah. Why, when is Booyah going to be 10 feet? That's not, but right. I, I thought... I thought the quest for a sandwich was just just <laughs> cracked me up so much. Very booyah, and it was you know I think that that uh, that that Philip did a really good job of keeping it realistic. How we found it wasn't just like oh I sensed that right. I have to stay close to my crossbow now. Like we worked it out. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was really funny. Yeah, uh, and of course Randy just plays booyah masterfully. So mm. it was good uh, times. <clears throat> and then we decided to go after Dithar'n. Yes, we. Um, well, I guess we might have done that at the beginning, huh? You and I, maybe so. Just basically saying, "Hey, the pact is as important, yeah, to us personally as, and and they are intertwined." So yeah, we let Gerald know that we're no longer going straight to Greywall. We're making a quick detour, and then they're going and on and and. Um, and then Beric <laughs> has some explaining to do to a certain passenger on the boat. Yeah, yeah, Paolo, Paolo's upset. <laughs> <laughs> and Beric's not good at it. Not good at, <laughs> not good at, de- at, at, at fixing that, at, at apologizing correctly at any of the things. Um, anyway, Beric gets punched. It's mm-hmm. just put it at that where it gets punched uh, and, and then receives some advice on what he should have done <laughs> from of course a worthy source King Borinelli Renarn yes whom Eric finally gets to begin to truly characterize <laughs> that turd <laughs> <laughs> oh Borinel was so much fun to play the people uh, liked Borinel yes uh, um, yeah Borinel gave some advice the changelings not as much but the people <laughs> uh, then was it that same conversation that you all revealed what you were doing? Yes. And, um, this was just a little too choppy to really pick up on. So we'll really explain what happened here. We had already met with Crass mm-hmm. and basically said, hey, bud, it's just going to be the three of us doing this. Mm-hmm. And then we go and talk to Borinel. All right. Was I even there? I, yep. I was there. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. We And I believe Booyah was as well. But yep. we, we go and talk to Borinel. And Bornell, again, it, I don't know how well it comes through. I obviously my listening was colored by the fact I know Bornell pulls rank. Yep. Bornell says, "Hey, I'm the king. I'm going to come." He threatens to pull rank. Okay. Yeah. Bornell Bo- basically says, "What if I ordered you, Beric? Right. <laughs> what if I and 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 Beric's like, oh, then yeah. <laughs> well, well, of course. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, and so, having already told Crast, who we know." despite the last time we fought with him is a formidable warrior and we're like no we're gonna do this on our own we're just like sure the king 
why don't you come with us? But it worked out so well. It ended up being great. And and Bornell is a fun and mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite moments of getting to role play an NBC, I think, was was lost in the episode of there was a beat of silence and then Bornell just goes, I have to go get my hammer and <laughs> got up and ran out of the room. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was a it was a fun fun ep. Um Barrick apologizes to Paolo, uh takes his leave of Oriana. Um, and gives her a spear that we're not going to tell Uncle Dex about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's What it is is cool. It is. Um, and then, yeah, and, and Dex also says goodbye to Cassian. Uh, basically, We telling, give very different advice about dealing with Greywall. <laughs> well, Cassian's a little boy. Yeah. Um, and he, the thing that he's learned, like, you know, I, I made the joke at one point, like, you're not good. Don't try to steal things. Please don't. It's going to end badly. But, like, basically, it wanted to... All Dex knows is that Cassian's lived a privileged life. Yeah. And, and assumes, in that case, that he doesn't know how to handle himself in a bad situation. He's always had someone there to help for him. So he's like, hey, look... Life can be tough, and you hide well, and it's the best thing you've got. So do that if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was basically it. Like trust Charlie, trust Omarin. You know, everybody that's on this boat is going to be able to help take care of you if you need them to. I mean, what he wanted to say was, "Don't leave the boat. Do not. Whatever <laughs> you do, Gerald will be here clearly. So uh, just stay on the boat." Um, but right. it but it sounded better in a storytelling yeah, standpoint. It was to, good to do the, the hide thing. Whereas Barrick advised Oriana to stab people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then we took off. Then skydiving. Yep. Yeah, we raced <laughs> the we... race to the earth to the ground. Um, Bornell was just so excited to you know be a part of it just <laughs> he's so, like a dog <laughs> so for those of you that don't know uh yeah we had a question really well. about um i believe it was just asked just asked where i got my inspiration for Bornell. so that uh, i'll let eric talk about the characterization because it was amazing uh but the the lore is that Bornell was not expecting to become king when he became king uh Bornell, as a young man he you know, served time in the army. It's, this is during the last war. I say, was he king pre-morning? Was he king before he, the war? He was king when the war ended. Okay. Um, but not, but, but, uh, and it had been for a while. He's, he's in his fifties, I think. But when he became king, he wasn't in Bre- uh, Breland. His, his father died while he was away adventuring in Zendrick. And he was out busting his way through some dungeon when a messenger or, I don't know how they or ascending or something informed him of the death of his father and the fact that he needed to come back and be king now. Mm. And the impression that I think Eric and I have always taken and, you know, Bornell can be played in a lot of ways, but the impression that Eric and I have always, I think, taken is that that was like the worst news that Bornell could have possibly received in that moment. Outside of the fact your dad's dead, but the fact that he was king, (laughs) that's a real, that's a real bummer too. Yeah. Sure. No, I mean he's had a really tragic life too. Is his father's death, of course, but also his his uh, wife, the love of his life. His wife has died. It was it was murdered uh, by we know not who. Several of his children have been killed. One of his sons died, I think, in the morning, or his daughter. I can't remember. But he's had a rough go. Yeah, he's Terrible had life. a very tragic tragic life um, for a long lived guy. But yeah, he being king is his least favorite part about being king. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, no, I I really tried to take a very likable, lighthearted Robert Baratheon uh, okay. from from the book Game of Thrones and first season of the show Game of Thrones. Like this guy that was a great warrior, loved like being in the field with people, and when it came time to actually sit on the throne. It was the most boring, tedious thing. And the idea of, I mean, you go back to season one of Game of Thrones and watch Robert's excitement at just fighting in the melee at a tournament, like just getting to use his weapon again. That's really what I kind of drew on is like this opportunity arises where Bornell can go adventuring and nobody's like none of the typical people that are at court that are going to say, Oh my Lord, you can't do that. Like nobody's going to tell him that he just gets to go do it, bash some heads in and have a good time. Um, See, I thought the whole time you were just playing an anthropomorphized St. Bernard. Puppet. <laughs> That's also what it came across. It's like, um, <laughs> it's awesome. We're going to go. Well, cause it's been decades sure. since he's gotten to do like, this is his favorite thing in the world. And yeah, no, the, 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 that thought process makes total sense with how that character was played and he is fun uh he's he's a little headstrong but he is the king so uh but yeah so we skydive and he said he had never done it before or had he had he yeah. had booyah he had not uh and uh everybody was much more successful yeah than well, our first attempt there was no crash landing well that booyah rolled the 20 that yeah. gave us all safe landings yeah was it safe and quiet was what yes, he got yes. out of the 20 uh, or maybe it was just advantage to have a safe landing, mm-hmm. but still uh, something, yeah, something with, like it, with advantage. And that's a low DC to have a safe landing when you properly feather fallen. <laughs> uh, no backflip, no backflips from decks this time. I, you know, it, it, it was one of the, he wanted backflips, but he also wanted Booyah to survive. <laughs> and when Booyah decided he was going to chase Borno, I was like, well, I've got to also now do that. Uh, so I sacrificed, I sacrificed being awesome to make sure Booyah was okay. That's a big <laughs> step for Dex. That's true. He doesn't do feelings, but he does loyalty. <laughs> That's very true. Um, we land on the outskirts of Ardev. Yes. Where we walk into this, the, walk into a murder scene. We walk into a murder mystery that we didn't get to. Again. Again. Yeah. This is the second time we yeah. walked into a murder mystery. We. So, Eventually, we're going to get blamed for one of these guys. <laughs> true. So we because we've killed a lot of people. <laughs> as as players are wont to do, we skipped it. Yeah, like just we decided no. We short circuited it because it occurred to to me at a certain point, and I decided it made sense for it to occur to Barrack that since he wait, had been victim already to it, nobody nobody knows this is the the that the king on the throne is is a fake. So if a king shows up, people are going to assume it to be the proper king. Mm-hmm. So why can't we just use the king? Right. And get me a pretty horse. <laughs> so, yes. So, so talk about that, Eric. We, 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 I, I, I did not plan the adventure with also the idea of Borinel coming along in mind. So I honestly just didn't. I had not even thought about that possibility when I was planning out the murder mystery aspect of it. And when but, Philip... Brought, you, you had planned through something. There was a there was yes a, yes. Yeah. Um, and when Philip said, "Well, I'm just going to go have Bornell talk to him," it was like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, there was going to be this really cool murder mystery thing surrounding you all trying to track down Arsel and 
Um, so yeah, that's that's had, had had Arsenal done the murder. Well, you'll never know now, will you? I really don't care. Yeah, I mean, I mean we could go back to Artem and make that guy report. To <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're right, we're still in the out, right outside Artem, uh, in a in a big scary house. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we 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 make our way out of that situation. Yep. Um, we had it, it was just you know it's just one of those things that. Uh, again, I I don't play the, a lot of RPGs. This is the long, the first time I've played one for more than a single session. Is well, on the Geek Pantheon podcast first, but then this, and obviously well past a single session. Um, I don't know how often that happens. That you you make you 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 come up with sixty different ways you could get out of this, and then you go, oh, or we could do this this game changer plot killer thing all the time. I assume yeah. so. It doesn't happen a lot with us. Um, yeah, speaking as a DM all the time. I mean, like, like I know that you guys as DMs and uh, the DMs that listen have planned out a bunch of things that the, the characters work around. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in the sense where you and me and oh, Orno and Booyah were making plans. We were like, well, we can try to hide him or we can go into the alley or we can pretend he's drunk and leave the hood over him. And then it was like, or he could be the king for a second. <laughs> And all of the ten minutes of planning we had done, yeah, was, yeah, uh, you know, I know it happens to you guys a lot. I don't know how often it happens with players doing that, but yeah, um, but we're also not known for planning. Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so yeah, and then you all leave Ardev and race across the fields of Breland to a haunted house a because haunted- you sense our soul leaving. Yes, Ardev. that's right. Yep. yep. So one yeah. of the things that a revenant can do is sense the direction and distance to the nearest object or person that is connected to whatever their mission is. So since and the the obvious is that mission, like within reason, like you're not gonna if the next closest one is. In the Talenta Plains. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I mean, according to the text of the of the document. I mean, oh, okay. Uh, the, this being, this being an unarthed arcana thing, it's you know within. Uh, obviously, it's within Eric's purview to just decide. Sure. But but as far as the text goes, you just know the distance and the direction. Okay. And the idea is cool. that revenants have that single minded focus. Yeah. Like sure, this is why you are here. I think the the biggest thing that I would amend to that is on the same plane of existence. That seems reasonable. Um, so, but yeah, that's the only amendment that I, as a dungeon master would make to that for those of you playing along at home. So for those of you building your, really want to know, your really want to know who's playing along at home, like playing our adventures <laughs> after we play them, <laughs> your home barracks. So yeah, so we go to a haunted house and we do the thing we the same do. thing again. We we make a lot of plans on how to do it, and then I was like, oh, I can just walk through the walls. Yep, yep. Um, but bef- and 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 uh, yeah. So what happened at some point was we changed some runes on a door because we thought it was a trap, sure, or a lock that kept a, us from getting in, right? But it was actually trapping ghosts in the house. It might have also kept us out. Sure, it could have gone. It could have been. You know, would most kept, would it have kept us out. No. Okay. Let's. I mean, you know, most locks do prevent the door from opening from either direction. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, it turns out all it was doing was keeping these three ghosts now in. However, we got a natural twenty in the process of this and declared that the ghosts were not going to be hostile. Yes, right. That's right. correct. So they came out as friendly ghosts who had a sad story, and we're going to go seek peace mm-hmm. until. Mm-hmm. 
the little girl popped out and said boo no Dex screamed until no. before that when Dex offers his interpretation of go, they seek, said, go peace. seek peace and I was like like revenge <laughs> and you were like mm, now uh, <laughs> oh, I had never thought of that but now I feel this great swelling of vengefulness and yeah. yeah they were not hostile towards you which was the 20 yeah and, and, and you know I mean let them we didn't kill them, probably. I'm fairly certain we didn't kill them. Let them go seek their revenge. Fairly certain we didn't kill them, but we don't know who killed them, and we don't know who they're going to go kill. <laughs> they might not kill them. They may just haunt them. Okay. That girl's scary. She proved it. <laughs> we learned that Dex startles easily. That is a that is a personal trait that I have, <laughs> that I have imbued into Dex. Uh I said it on the thing. I really, I do. I startle so easily. I like my dog scares me all the time. My kid scares me all the time. Boxes. Uh, I turn around and there's forgot. I put a thing somewhere and I jump, jump. five feet in the air. Uh, Odd shaped trees. My phone uh, vibrating. I'm like, oh. uh, no, I really do startle easily and it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like it is. It is. Um, no, uh, so yeah, so we go, uh, again, we talk about how we're going to go into, one through the front door, and one through the back door, and Barrett keeps wanting to go through a window for and, some reason. And then everyone goes through the front door. Yep. And we go to the front door, and there's, there's there's a banshee there, because of course there is, because we're about to fight a guy. So what do we what should what should happen? I should have a I should have a forty five percent chance of getting knocked smooth out in immediately. And we all fail the save. We all failed the save. Only thing that saved the party was Barrick being undead. We all failed the save that knocked us all immediately to zero hit points. I walked into that house with seventy six hit points, mm-hmm. and I immediately had zero. Yep. And you were like, "It's a low DC," and I'm like, "I had a forty five percent chance of failing." That's less than half <laughs> no no i had a 45 percent chance of succeeding and that's almost half <laughs> oh boy luckily booyah rolls a natural 20 on his first death save and mm-hmm. immediately revives with one hit point and uses the 20 element of it to get an action with which he heals dex he heals dex and so dex is and up you have 10 hit points what are yeah. you complaining about 10 hit points ready to roll crushing right? it ready to rock um, it's like a first level character. Raider run away. Because that's, that's what happens yes. next. Uh, <laughs> yes. So we get everyone back up. Barrack heals Boronel. <sighs> we got everybody back up. Not everybody, nobody's in great shape, but everybody's back up. And then. Horrifying visage. So which. The, I mean, the way. And this, half the party fails. The way this <laughs> stupid thing plays out is by the end of this fight, Boronel and Barrack kill it, and Dex is a football field away. <laughs> Oh, you're a lot more than that, weren't you? No, it's 270. Okay. It was three it was three three turns. Yeah. Dead sprint back to Ardev, basically. So, I mean, honestly, like the only takeaway from this fight for Dex is there is nothing on this earth scarier than a banshee. Like, like that seems reasonable. But like, yeah. like there is literally nothing that he can see that will scare him as much as seeing another banshee because all he knows is that it killed him immediately and then compelled him to book it away as fast as he could. Well, and, and Dex doesn't fall prey to those sorts of things very often. Like yeah. Dex gets hit a lot. Um, and I've always kind of envisioned the Banshee and I didn't do a great job of describing my mental image 
um, the librarian ghost in Ghostbusters. Oh, nice. It's just <laughs> creepy looking ghost, but then turns into it's so, large. It's so, large Marge. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> so you're 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 a Ghostbuster. They reacted the same way you did. So anyway. Okay. Well, I call Vinkman. Barrack explores the house, uh, avoids a bunch of creepy rooms, and then finds a dagger. Yes. Which eventually co- comes to Dex through a joke, but but it does. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I've got a dagger. It was explained uh, what it does. Uh, I'm not going to go into it here because for those of you who don't pay a lot of attention when we talk about things we find, it'll be more fun for you to be surprised by what it can do it's down the road. Powerful. It's very. It's it's comically powerful. Um, and I'm excited to to play around with it, and I'm excited to watch Eric's face the first time you use it for something where he forgot you had it. <laughs> yes, because that will happen, <laughs> right? I mean, and we're gonna. I mean, if it's as written, like it's bonkers if you let me use it as written, and so yeah. Anyway, but it, it is it is a sentient weapon. It has a voice. Its name is Lana. It's going to be fun. Uh, one of the questions, I believe maybe also Irene. Let me double check that real quick. Put a, so Irene asks, um, is Booyah going to start talking to his weapon now? Um, Since which, that's just the thing to do. Obviously, Randy's not here, but I can totally see Booyah. <laughs> this Booyah, you talk. <laughs> hey, Crossbow, you talk. Dagger talk, sword talk. <laughs> Um, I can't do the voice, but I feel like I got the, the, the <laughs> was pretty, was you got the syntax. I got down. the temperament. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, but actually, uh, they have not seen me talk to the dagger and may or may not because the dagger is in my, in my brain. Yeah. We, we don't have to have a conversation. We can telepathically speak, uh, which is concerning to Dex. Uh, honestly, he thinks a lot of things that he, he won't say. Um, <laughs> and, and with the stuff he says, that means something. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only downside, and it's not even a huge downside, is that Dex now has long, beautiful hair. Long, luscious locks. Long hair. Four feet Four long. Four foot long hair. But hair down to your knees. That was one of my favorite bits of it, though, is when you let go of the dagger, the hair just fell out into a pile on the ground. That is pretty <laughs> funny. So I... I so what you told me? Personally. Yeah. <laughs> I, Philip... Um, as a player of games, care a lot about how my character appears. That my character's appearance matches what's in my imagination because I really enjoy that about, about games where you're allowed to design your own character, both in RPGs and on computers. And so it didn't matter to me how absurdly powerful that weapon was. It changed the appearance of Barrack in a way that I found really stupid and annoying. And I had no interest in Barrack walking around with four foot long hair. So I would have thrown it out the window. I don't care. Like if no one else had wanted it, if it had been specifically designed to be awesome for Barrack, I would have left it in the house. And that was random, right? The hair thing like that. Yes, was, that was, that I, was a random table. One of the, one of the properties of the weapon is it like it has two minor and one major, yeah, yeah, like that. I, yeah. And, you, and it, Eric rolled on the minor table, and it came up with long hair. Yes. And Dex doesn't give a crap, right? Sure. Dex, Dex will braid it, and move on, or put it into a man bun. I mean, it'll be a big man bun. <laughs> Barrick doesn't care. Philip cares. Right, right, right. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Jonathan Saffron Fuhr from Queer Eye. Oh yes. Hey, yes now yes. this is a lot longer than that. <laughs> but uh. He has very long hair. What? Okay. This, very, is, this is just a person with long hair. Yes. It's, okay. Yeah. It's, it is a, it is a, Got it. one of the hosts from Queer Eye. 
that has long, like glorious, really hair. well taken care of <laughs> hair. Um, <laughs> and, and so now so does Dex. Um, it's his style icon now for hair. But yeah, the, the upstairs of the house was pretty gruesome. Pretty, there was uh, a bassinet with a blanket over it that Beric did not disturb. There was a playroom with a bunch of dolls facing the doorway. You know, yeah. And then and based on what he based on what he found in the third room, I'm glad that we didn't remove the blanket from that bassinet. Um, yeah, and then found found the remains of two adults, and that was the least creepy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then by the time Dex got up there, it was the remains of two adults and a pile of hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what happened? Cousin, it fell down. Um, and I really enjoyed. I've forgotten this happened until I re-listened to it, but. Dex asked if that was the wom- the the corpse's hair, and Barrack says, "Sure, yeah, pretty good." <laughs> so Barrack has left that horrifying idea in and that in was, Dex's head for and all that time. That was literally a joke. <laughs> I did not mean that. Dex walked up the stairs to find Barrack. Well, now and you know said that you, you start talking like Dex, and I'm going to decide you're in the room. <laughs> and boy, and I ended up in the room, and I almost felt bad about it, like because you had just talked about this item and. Then I insert myself there and I was like, no, I'm not. I promise I'm not gaming to get this thing. I literally just wanted to make a joke. Yeah. And then I ended up with this thing that's amazing. Um, I think I'll find out as far as I can tell. It's very impressive. It is mechanically amazing. Narratively, it might be a real pain in the butt. Well, then we discovered there's a a door. One of them fancy uh, bookshelf doorways. Yep. Classic. And Dex tries to disarm it. You just don't get to disarm traps very often. No, I don't. As a rogue. I, uh, you know, and was, that's the thing. Like, when we've talked about this, like, I almost forget that Dex is a rogue because he doesn't get the opportunity to do a lot of roguey things except for, you know, sneak attack. Right. Like, that's, yeah. you know, I don't get to do a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, deception stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I, because we're almost always among the it's either the three of us and allies. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't do a lot of deception stuff. Uh, we, I don't, yeah, we don't have a lot of dungeons where we're detecting and traps and picking locks and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, I don't, I, I'm not complaining. It's a fun game. Uh, it's just those attributes haven't, they, the, the one thing is I don't get to do a lot of the roguey things and that's all the rogue gets to do. I don't get multiple attacks. I don't have magic. <laughs> I just have this, and, but I do have magic. The yeah. ribbon weave does amazing things. Uh, and this knife, oh boy! And uh, you try, and it doesn't go very well. No, I fall into the basement. Yep, yep. But you found Dithern. You performed a valuable service. I did. Oh, wait, no, Barrett can detect where I did service. what we set out to do. <laughs> I found Dithern, and and then immediately hurt myself. Um, <laughs> uh, I will. <laughs> okay, so the thing, the thing with the thing, the new thing, the new thing I can do that I immediately do because I wanted to play with it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in the, uh, the, 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 the handbook, it is called sickening radiance, right? Sickening radiance, I believe. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, I cast it properly and then you guys dinged me. Uh, I said, I, cause it's, it is a, it is a 30 foot radius, mm-hmm. but centered on a point that I choose and it ignores walls and such. Yeah. So I could have cast it at the end of the room to where it was just getting him and not me, which is yes. what I said. But then you two with your mumbo jumbo and you're knowing more about this than me confused me. And I was like, well, sure. I guess I'm in it too. Oops. Um, but so it, it much better fit your description of what happened though. Yeah. It was accidental. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, but I just want to say Jeff knew what he was doing <laughs> up top and then got rope and doped by YouTube. Um, 
but it's a cool spell. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool spell and it does damage and it, and it, uh, people can't, uh, the, the coolest part about it, which really didn't matter in this one, but could in the future is you can't hide if once you're in it. Right. Um, and I think even once you're out of it for a turn, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, like if you move out of it, you still emit light for a turn. So pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it hurt Jeff that her decks a bit. Um, <laughs> But more interestingly, new thing that happens during that fight is what uh, your boy Beric does. So why don't you explain the possession thing? Because I, you know what? Explain it to me. (laughs) So Eric and I had worked up this Pact of the Vessel thing. So I had been... I had been kind of hoping that people would notice, that that you guys would notice that we had a fight and Beric did not make any effort to summon his sword. Um... but no one did. So, uh, as, as is usually the case when I try to give subtle hints about the way that Barrack has changed, it just went un, unnoticed. So I just moved on. Um, so Barrack, instead of summoning the sword, basically, and I think in this occasion without realizing what was going to happen, uh, allowed Erebus to possess him and takes on this sort of shadowy armored form. Um, and some other weird attributes uh, in the way that he speaks uh, and basically allowed Erebus to take him over and use him as a weapon uh, to attack Dithar. In my head, he looked like, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Babindum, the Michelin man, but black. Because you, you described, he was like, shadows form around him and he's big so I, I I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> Philip and I were both just sitting here with befuddled looks on our faces but the original Michelin man not the big fluffy cute one now the old school there's a, there's been an, this isn't the original Michelin man the Michelin man was never was not always white and fluffy well he was always white but he used to literally look like a, a stack of we're cutting this Uh, (laughs) no we're absolutely not not. (laughs) instead of being like whatever he is now like eight stacks of big fluffy things he looked like a stack of tire inner tubes so So you thought Beric turned into a stack of tires yeah like a a mummy kind of (laughs) look but tires I'm so unhappy because I described it I know I'm joking (laughs) I'm saying this because you went to the effort of putting a picture of it in the discord so now I'm screwing with you yes Anyway. Yeah, this is the original one. <laughs> ah, well, that's terrifying. That's horrifying. So was what Beric did. <laughs> but not like in a nightmare way. <laughs> that looks like something you, you see in a fever dream. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> looks kind of like Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. A little sure. Bit. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what Beric looked like. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, like Oogie Boogie. <laughs> he was just a big amorphous black blob. Anyway, fighting stuff, I guess. <laughs> After so, Barrack turned into something that looks absolutely nothing like that, or a, or anything that ever came out of the mind of Tim Burton. Yeah, uh, honestly, he always looked a little like Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> does not pale. He was pale. He's not anymore. Anyway, anyway. boy, this show's dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we fight. Our Dithorn, Dithorn. who has an awesome, cool packed weapon, a yep. yeah. double-bladed staff that turns into a bow. Yeah, yeah, super cool. That was awesome. We all made several mentions every time he did something with it. We were like, "That's awesome." Unless we forget, we be friends. 
He was wearing a mask. Yes. He was wearing a bird mask. The chartreuse vulture. The chartreuse no, he was not vulture. chartreuse. No, he was pale green. Yeah, sickening. Char- like, is it chartreuse? Kind of a, kind of a very like, vibrant. It's like a. Oh, it's really vibrant. Is it not pale? As no, chartreuse is like it's a. What do you call a really pale green? Um, I don't know. Chicken egg green. Um, <laughs> Irene asked if it was just to drive us all, you all, crazy. Um, no is all of the answer that I can give. <laughs> like, no, it was not there to drive you crazy. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it was just there's more birds. More more birds. Um I don't know why you hate birds so much. Actually, I I'm down with birds. <laughs> uh Dex is starting to dislike bird people. Bird p- people who racist against Aarakocra? People who wear bird masks. Oh. Except I guess did Dex know Barrick has one and that his mom had one? he's never worn it. He might, I mean, he had it in his hand when we fled the city, so you might have seen it, but you know, a lot was going on. It's in his it's in his room. I probably have forgotten that, but I saw yeah. it at this point because a lot was happening and that's it's in his room, but gotcha. he's not he's not worn it. Gotcha. Yep. Um I mean, the the image on in I have in my head has this very sort of sharp lower face mask to it. So, mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of aquiline in appearance, but it's not no, Barry does not wear a bird mask because he would be attacked by his allies if he ever wore a bird yeah, that's mask. True. <laughs> yeah, anything with a bird mask, I'm attacking on sight. So you better let me take a good look at that thing before you try to wear it around. I noted. Not planning <laughs> on wearing it on. Um, yeah. We eventually defeat Dutharn and Barrick takes his pact. Yep. And yeah. And burns the body. Buries him. Yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, I can't remember. Did Does Borno get down and get. Get involved in the fight. Yeah, does he get yeah. to play yeah, he in this gets one? In there. Okay, because I know we fought the banshee, but I couldn't remember. He went. Bornell, Booyah Bo- made it down. Bornell jumped down through the hole. Booyah That's went right. down the let's, staircase. Or let's behind. call it what it is. Oh yeah, Bornell did not jump <laughs> he down through the hole. Bornell tried to knock the door down and stepped <laughs> into, right. the hole. into the hole. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ruined my awesome moment is what Bornell did. <laughs> but that was very, that was very in the tone of our game. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and now what happens next? Find out shortly. Um, let's see. Any other listener questions we have not uh, answered? Laura wants to know what Dex has gotten from his lycanthrope class. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the thing about the lycanthrope thing, um, I'll field this one if you want. Well, but yeah, but I want to explain. I'm still only level one at lycanthrope, uh, and essentially just traded in my barbarian level for lycanthrope. Um, the reason I'm only at level one is because I'm trying to play it true to the narrative and Dex can't level up without the black dog and without seeing yeah. either Sigur or another mentor. And we haven't had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Uh, so really right now, the lycanthrope uh, level isn't uh, narratively. It's giving me nothing so far uh, like to play within the story. Uh, mechanically, it's given me a couple of things. Yeah. Um, basically, um, the level one features for the lycanthropic warrior animalistic prowess, um, which uh, basically gives uh, whoever is level one in this class advantage on survival and perception checks when you are in a natural environment um, and then unarmored defense. So when you're not w- wearing armor or wielding a shield, AC is 10 plus dex plus wisdom um, and you get and that one. Honestly, I have better AC in my studded leather so yeah I'm um, leave it on 
but then the the notable proficiency that you get is with um how do we decide ungukuli is that the no, pronunci- um i've i've gone with ungukuli ungukuli because the you lie being yeah. a plural um which are clawed gloves that um were that have given. been hidden because dex still hasn't talked to Barrack about going to the black dog yet so they've been chilling in his bedroom um they'll make it out yeah they're essentially they they do the same thing when i had claws as a bear they're the same damage the same everything they're a training weapon except for, for yeah. um they are non-magical mm-hmm. yes uh, the claws were magical these are not any magical creature that has resistance to that yep uh to anything but magical weapons they're just gonna do half damage too so cool yep. uh let's see we had a couple more and i've seen level two i know what i'll get at level two when i get a chance to take it but i haven't taken it yet um just to I mean, we've kind of touched on this but just to clarify it both Irene and Jess asked for a little more clarification about how the revenant works and also why the Raven Queen was able to resurrect him so just to give you clear statistical explanation of this the revenant in five, fifth edition is a sub as a sub race and so you can attach it to any race uh, and it gives you two particularly substantial abilities one is that ability to track things related to your task, which I explained already. Uh, the other, the other is that if Barrick is, uh, well, Barrick has very, very low, lo- slow regeneration. Whenever he's below half, he regenerates one hit point, uh, which means that he will automatically stabilize. And if by some chance Barrick is is ever killed, his body will reform twenty four hours later. And if that were to I will happen, do my best to pretend Dex doesn't know that. Well, and I mean. If that were to have, like, Philip, Philip has drawn a lot of inspiration, and I've kind of picked up on um, inspiration from Beric Dondarrion from A Song of Ice and Fire. I was really trying to be very carefully subtle and not let anyone know I was picking, I was choosing that as inspiration by naming him Beric. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the, that I'm to making say. him a worshiper of a fire being. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Um, um, you, you watch Game, Game of Thrones. Of, no. Read a song of ice and well, fire. Okay. I'll, I'll say this: I did. I tried to listen to the audiobook of a song of ice and fire, and it is impossible because all of their names are the same. It, I, <laughs> I could not do it. So, like, I made it through the first hour, and I was like, never, never okay. again. Maybe watch Game of Thrones and then read a song. Of ice. So, well, I've I've watched the first handful of seasons of Game of Thrones. Um, Barrett Dundarian is in it. Um, I, I don't doubt that. But he's anyways, awesome. if if he's not if he's not Sean Bean, I don't know which one he is. The, this this aside, all to say, <laughs> if Barrick were to die and his body has to reform, something else about Barrick may go missing. Yeah, basically, um, the proportion of Barrick to Erebus shifts. Yeah, as it has each time he's died. Yes, <laughs> which is a good segue into another question Jess had for, yep. about Dex. Uh, just rolling with Derek's new developments. Um, she says, does he ever have any concern or think about what the changes mean in regard to what's been happening to him? And Philip wants to know this, too, because Philip feels like what, what Barrick did in the last arc would be alarming to everyone. Yeah. I think uh, Dex, I think I think there, we need to make a distinction between concern and surprise. Um, like the thing when Dex, oh, we didn't talk about that stupid thing with the shape-shifting uh, in, in whatever that town's called. Uh, when Dex felt Barrick's face and felt it cold. He was not surprised because Barrick has died a couple of times. He didn't expect it. 
Like he wouldn't. He wasn't like, oh, he must be undead and his skin is cold. But he wasn't surprised by it. But he is concerned about it, and the the physical changes and what we've just talked about. The next time, bear. Oh yeah, he is concerned about it. And if this thing happens, he dies, comes back, um, and it's changed even more. He'll be further concerned. The reason Bedex is rolling with it is because Barrick is back. Mm-hmm. If if and when it's just a question of how soon because how drastic the changes are Dex realizes that it's less barrack every time uh, the concern will will grow I mean obviously Dex was concerned the first time because of the the change in barracks demeanor um, disposition maybe a better word yeah um, but was just glad he was back. So yeah, there's concern and there's concern that will be addressed down the road. Um, and there are probably gonna be plenty of things. Barrick always does crap that surprises Dex. Uh, it's just this one thing Dex was kind of prepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, the, especially with the physical change, the idea that he had cold skin. Mm-hmm. Dex probably would have been like, Ugh, uh, but not like, Oh my God. <laughs> Are you in fact not alive any longer? And just like that one, he was able to take in stride. Yeah, I think might be the best way to say it. Okay, all right. Uh, I think that's all the questions. Two more. Um, Laura wants to know if we have plans for more reduced episodes. Um, not plans, but broad intentions. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I'm sure there will be more. Um, we ended up we we had plans for reduced episodes at the beginning of this arc, but we ended up just through life and time availability, just combining them into that first episode. Those, right. were, those were intended to be reduced episodes originally, but we just didn't have an opportunity to get in and record them. Uh, so we just made the first episode, a series of vignettes essentially. Right. All right. And then the last one is uh, from Ryan on the discord, had a couple of questions about some interpretations of conditions and rules and, and things like that. And, you know, sometimes we get things a little incorrect. Sometimes we do things because it's the way that we want to do them. Eric gets to make up what he wants, and we go along with it. And uh, so sometimes we will do things that are different from what the 5e mechanic says. But um, I think the frightened condition in 5e is dumb that if you are frightened, you just can't not move closer. Like, if you're scared of something, you're going to run away. Like, that's that's my interpretation of it. So, yes, it was intentional. So, but, Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, any D and D game you play in or listen to or whatever is going to have DM and players' interpretations of how things should be, and uh, we're going to use that same license because either, like Eric said, he just has a personal feeling about this part of the rule being dumb, or because it makes for a better story. Um, the other part of the question was about uncanny dodge, and you know I do like the idea that I can just say that whenever I want, but if Eric wants me to wants me to uh, proclaim it at the beginning of the action i'll have to remember to do that and i'm so good at remembering things that that shouldn't be a problem (laughs) okay okay well awesome thank you guys for listening uh we are uh gonna go to lunch and then record the next arc so we will uh catch you next week with episode one of the arc that has not been named the the trolls dilemma uh (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say the Trolls Lament, but (laughs) Dilemma will work.